everybody. This is Sarah Westcott. This is Katie Willie. And this is To Be Read. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them. Yay! And we have a special guest with us today. <laughs> we need the air horn sound right there, by the way. Um, we have producer Chris with us today. My sound effects weren't great. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we, we need the legit, legit stuff. Um, we have producer Chris here with us today to talk about um, The Last Wish, which he gave us as our producer surprise a few weeks back now. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was a few episodes back. Um, and Katie and I read it and we are going to discuss it after we talk about like uh, some other stuff first. <laughs> so, hey, Chris. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I uh, listen to a bunch of podcasts where the guests often have to wait for the host to introduce them. So it's yeah. just my habit to to w- wait to be introduced. So, yeah. I listen to a lot of those too, um, namely Smartless, where they're they're like talking and making jokes with each other, and like somebody's just on the other end, just, just waiting. waiting for ten mm-hmm. minutes. Like, out. yeah, we'll just hang out. What's going on? Yeah, um, I listen. I listen to uh, one podcast that's about chain restaurants. It's been going on for like seven years, so the jokes are just so incredibly. Um, they're both very juvenile and also inscrutable to new listeners. So it's always really funny when they get you know what they would consider to be a big name guest on. And then they have to sit there for 15 minutes listening to like Star Wars jokes and yeah. about, like cum and boners and stuff. It's, it's always <laughs> very funny. It's always very funny that they're just like sitting there and like, I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys do what you got to do. The irony of that is that's exactly what restaurant talk usually is. So. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's been going on? How is everybody? Katie, how are you? I'm all right. Yeah. 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 How are you? Um, I'm all right. Hey, anything new, Sarah? <laughs> Um, yeah, like COVID, COVID tried to murder me. COVID definitely tried to murder me. Um, I have been feeling very under the weather. I thought it was just a cold at first. And then I got like the chills, the body aches, fever stuff. And that lingered for several days. And, uh, you know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, like in it, dr- just drenched in sweat, you know, whatever. Um, took a test on Thursday, came back positive for COVID two and a half years. And it finally got me, um, and it was a disaster. I hated every second of it. And I hope I never get it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been that sick. That's terrible. I really don't think I've ever been that sick. I was trying to like, look back on things. The only thing I didn't, wasn't doing was like vomiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which I hate vomiting. Yeah. That, that yeah. is uh, clearly the worst thing in the world. But like when you have a fever and you have no energy and like, you can't, you feel like you can't move. It just sucked. I hated it. And I wish it upon no one. Um, so that's my, I obviously I'm a little nasally still, you can still hear it in my voice. Um, I went back to the work, back to work for the first time today. So, um, you know, whatever I'm getting back, I'm getting back. My energy is coming up. <laughs> Good. How about you guys? How are you? We're doing all right. I, um, I find it very interesting that we got, I got so lucky when both Cass and I got COVID for that earlier this year. Yeah. That, like it was really not much more for us than just kind of a rough cold. Yep. Um, but to see that a lot of other, you know, otherwise very healthy people like having a really rough time with it, uh, it just makes me feel really lucky, right? Because a diabetic, that's the sort of thing that can kill me, right? That's Absolutely. The, that's that's yeah. the thing that I read where it's like, you know, don't go anywhere because you're going to die. Um, so now I don't wear a mask at all and just we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I had like, you know, the whole hypochondriac yeah. thing, like where I'm just like, um, it's going to turn into long COVID. Am I ever, yeah. I haven't run in two weeks. I'm, am I ever going to be able to run again? Like I would normally want to run. So it's like, 
it's all stuff that's just fucking with my head right now. And yeah. 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 And um, I'm hoping to get a run in this weekend to, to like, just kind mm-hmm. of assuage my like fears that I, I won't ever be able to run again. We'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I would like to just clarify too, that I'm not anti-mask whatsoever. I was, Cass and I oh, were no, hugely, huge mask people basically up until we got COVID. And then it was like, okay, if nobody else really cares, then, you know, I'll be less vigilant. Of course, right. anyone in the disabled community uh, hates me for being, <laughs> for being a disabled person who doesn't also, you know, help out the cause, but you know, there's only so much I can do. Only so much I can worry about every day. I think there's, there comes a point and there came a point with like within COVID and like after mask mandates were lifted that it was just like, listen, I've done my part. I've worn the mask for the last two years. I have vaccinated. I am freaking, you know, at this point I am double boosted at this point, still got COVID. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like it's going to be one of those things that more than likely people are, everybody's going to get. And unfortunately my double boosting didn't work as well as it could have because there are still so many people who refuse to vaccinate. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can only do so much, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, I'm wearing, I wore my mask all day today, which is, you know, CDC guidelines. I'm supposed to wear it for the next five days. Um, poor we're, Kate, I am we're, not, we're in the closet, but the door is open. <laughs> <laughs> I am not wearing it for Katie right now. Um, sorry, we're going to drink alcohol. It's going to kill. It's going to kill everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know that I guess we'll, we'll see where we all stand. Um, but I just think this is, this is how we have to live from now on. And I don't want to do that with a mask on my face constantly. That's just my, that's just my thought. But anyway, so should we just jump into the, the prologue now or what? What do you think? So only because it's probably one of the first times in, in a very long time that I read a book between between episodes, I just feel like I need to say that I finally read a book. That's not a podcast or book club book. And I read, um, something wicked this way comes by Ray Bradbury, Ray Bradbury. Mm. And it was fantastic. And I don't know if it was the turning of the seasons and the weather and just like sitting in my recliner with the, with the comforter and just like my cup of coffee and my book and it just was so perfect yeah starting October and fall was it a quick easy read like uh Fahrenheit 451 yeah yeah pretty much um it was a little confusing just because it's like old school not like super old school but old school like 60s old school way of speaking yeah to your mom and to your everybody's mister and missus yeah kind of like I'm interested I want to I want to read it okay I'm glad I read it I'm pretty sure I added it to my list so I will also be doing that did you read while you were laid up? I didn't because my, I could not focus on and Like I was, I just literally, brain. every time I tried to open a book, my brain just kind of fogged over. Um, I got really tired. I just, I watched a lot of TV. I like, I finished, I texted Sim, um, Chris, uh, producer Chris, and I was like, give me some shows to watch. And, um, he gave me a few that I ended up watching all of. I, I watched all of Shorzy, um, all of bust down which was totally funny like hilarious that shows just so many people miss that one i think because there's no big names in it but it's easily one of the funniest things i've seen in a really long time it cracked me up and i finished it Mm -hmm. in in a night um i watched all of the bear which was also fantastic um anxiety inducing but also Mm -hmm. like you know i was laying in bed so i was like whatever um and i watched some of the witcher um and I feel like there was something else. I can't remember what else, but, um, oh, I watched a lot of, I survived episodes because, you know, true crime type <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's what I did. So no books for me. Um, I'm just reading my, I'm still kicking through fire and blood and I'm almost done with that. And I'm 
anxious about that being over. I don't, I really, it's so weird. I it, like, I don't want it to end, but are you, are you reading it cover to cover or are you reading parts of it? I'm reading it cover to cover. You're going to go. Wow. That's a lot of history to, uh, intake on that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of history and, and it even ends before like the whole Targaryen history, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, there's, there's gotta be more to it. There's gotta be a sequel book <clears throat> at some point. Um, but it's great. So, uh, I love it. Anyway, yeah, I, I think I, I think the sequel to that is one of like the <laughs> two dozen projects that George has uh, on his plate right now. I know yeah. he said he I think he recently gave an update on Wins a Winner. And I think he had said something that a sequel to Fire and Blood was, you know, in the pre-development or whatever. But he I has his so. he has like um his two kind of uh, co-conspirators who run like one of his wikis or something. Yeah, um, I used to know their names. You probably are familiar with them, too. But like they helped out a lot with the writing on Fire and Blood. Gotcha. So maybe he can just be like, hey, guys, here's like two pages of notes. Like you guys just write this thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> and like, hopefully that that is the case. It seems like he's more likely to get that book out than Winds of Winter and A Dream of Spring because. Yeah. It's been a decade coming and those mm-hmm. are just not coming. But um, anyway. All right. Let's just jump to our, our prologue because it's time to talk about this book and drink this drink. Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree. The prologue. Um, okay. So I did absolutely no prep for this because I was sick <laughs> and whatever. So I'm going to turn over fast facts and like, uh, I th- stuff about the books to producer Chris, because I think that he knows a little bit more about it than I do. <clears throat> um, you could tell us when it was published, which is what I always do. Um, and you know, whatever else. So mm-hmm. what did we read Sim? So we read today, Andrzej Szapowski, um, apologize for any one of Polish descent here. Let me butcher that. <laughs> uh, he is a an author from Poland. Um, as I'm pulling up Wikipedia to make sure I get all my facts correct on this. Um, so The Witcher started out, um, and if you've read the book, which you guys both did, you can tell that the first the first story is just called The Witcher. Yeah, right? it doesn't have a fun name. Um, so when I was doing some tentative research for this, what I had read was that he had initially submitted a story, a short story. Um, that he had, yeah, into a competition held by Fantastica magazine. Um, and it started as that. It was very popular. And then he ended up fleshing out the whole book. Um, this was in 1986, by the way. Oh, um, man. So, so this started in 96. <coughs> and, um, you know, he wasn't really going to do anything with this, but it was so popular that he decided to make it into a whole series, uh, which ran from 94. And the latest one was published in... Uh, 1999, but they're just still coming over to, um, or they're being translated into English. Gotcha. Currently, like they're still, I think the final game or the final book has come over, um, but that came over like last year, you know, so there's like a 20 year delay on, uh, let's see. Okay. Seasons of Storm, sorry, was published in 2013. It came to to English language in 2018, but the previous book was 1999, was published originally. And then was ported over to English in 2017. So he's a little bit like uh, George R. R. Martin in that sense. That uh, shit's taken a long time to read. I mean, it's hard. World building is hard. Let's talk about that in a second. Let's talk about our drink first. So I would, I know yeah, we we will get into thirsty. that. I will just say that he did. He published all these books from 1990 to 99 in his original language. So unlike George, he actually was pretty much dedicated to doing this. And just um, that for and yeah. then and then I don't know why it took twenty plus years for them. Well, to Well, I mean, Google was stuff. still in infancy, so it was really hard <coughs> to translate at that point. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, yeah. Okay, so Katie, why don't you tell everybody what we're drinking? Sim, pick this drink out. We did, and it is called Cat. I lost it right here. It's Cat Potion. It is mm-hmm. used by Geralt, the main character, in one of the first stories that is in this book that we read. It is rum, Midori, uh, a dash of lemon juice. And then once we have poured our potion into the potion vessel, we topped with lemonade. We didn't top very much, but we tapped we a little bit. Enough. So we changed the color. So let's let's taste this bad boy and see what our our potion tastes like. Cheers. Cheers. That's it tastes like fucking ecto cooler in a way. Like, does everybody remember ecto cooler? Yeah. Is yours as violently green as mine is? I'm holding yeah, ours it up is to pretty the green. camera. This thing is like highlighter green. Oh, yours, yeah, yours, yours looks too. definitely way like uh, brighter than ours, but it could also be the lighting in my in my closet. Yeah. So I don't and know. I didn't have a potion bottle, but uh, my wife did close. buy these little mushroom cocktail glasses. That this will be the first time they've been used. Ooh, I'm gonna take a picture of us doing. I'm gonna take a picture of us doing this right now. So this is this is live and in person. Wait, I'm taking a picture. Let's do it with our faces. Oh yeah, I don't know if I can get in there. Hi. Real quick follow up to the to the cocktail. Um, when it said we had to get Midori, I had immediate flashbacks to my freshman year of college when Midori Sour is all I used to drink Ooh. at Miracles in Latham with my chalked ID. And <laughs> I would down like nine of those bad boys and be like, oh. I think I have a gut ache, but I'm still sober. <laughs> it's just oh. so much fucking sugar. Like so, so much sugar. sugar. It's not even alcohol. Um, okay. Now that we've got that over with, let's just jump to the story. So we, uh, and we can get on and talk with it, talk about this, um, delightful book. I'm just going to start talking about this really quickly because you can hear me, Sim. You're all right. I'm all right. Yeah, I can. I, I thought we got into an explanation of why the cocktail was chosen. That's all I was. Oh, oh, go ahead. If you want to explain it. (laughs) No, I was only just, I mean, Katie pretty much mentioned it, but the cat potion is what, uh, Geralt uses, uh, when he's facing off against the Striga. Um, and Geralt right. has a, in that story too, he's got like, they say he has his little chest with all his little, you know, little gugas and tchotchkes yeah. in it. And he yeah. has like a ton of potions. So it's supposed uh, to turn his eyes like so he can see in the dark really well, right? Correct. Yeah. And yeah. his, That's yeah, his eyes basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like it basically means it, it gives him, you know, really low vision. Sight. Yes or low light vision, I should say. Right. Um, but there were, there were a bunch of different, <laughs> bunch of different cocktails. I told you guys that I was trying to go the cheap route and I was looking for a, the, the, the various Witcher cookbooks that are out. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I was like, uh, I could buy this, but I just need one recipe. So let me try to get the, the free PDF. <clears throat> and after about 10 minutes, I somehow signed up for a CrossFit, um, like <laughs> website that is still charging me $60 to this day. And every time I try to like unsubscribe it, like fails on me so oh. uh just just a note that you know pirating might be easy in the short term but it doesn't pay long term it is not worth it it but is the, not the cocktail worth it is delightful so i hope that was one benefit i wouldn't it, call it a 60 dollar cocktail but it's it's quite tasty no yeah. and then i realized through the course of all this that i'm like oh maybe i should just try to buy the actual books they don't even come out until next year so i was doing all this work hmm. for stuff that for books that i haven't been published yet okay yeah. i mean it happens it's, it's okay yeah. you, you found it and you paid 60 bucks for it i mean <laughs> and again yeah. and again um mm-hmm. all right so i just want to talk a little bit about how i was feeling when i was reading this book um obviously when you when we we when you gave this book to us i told you know i had tried to read it i fell asleep didn't pick it back up um i found it much easier to read this time and i don't know 
there's a lot of me that thinks that I'm much more well-versed in fantasy uh, books and realms now Mm -hmm. and like so much more open. And of course I was open to it back then. I had read all of the Game of Thrones books. I've read several, you know, fantasy series or whatever, but um, I don't know. It It just hit me and stayed with me a lot better this time. And I was kind of like immediately hooked in like, okay, I want to see where this is going and, and learn more about this guy. And it's, um, again, as we had discussed, you can certainly tell that it's a man who writes the story, but, um, uh, it was, I I didn't mind it. It it was good. I liked, there were strong female characters involved in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I enjoyed myself reading this book. What about you, Katie? I very much liked it. I, I, you know, it took me a while to start, but once I started, I, I don't think I really took too long to get into it at all. Um, and then it took me, I, I didn't notice it in the first story, but in the second story, all of a sudden I was just like, huh, this is reminiscent of Beauty and the Beast. And then from yes. that point on, I like every story had like underlying fairy tale themes. And, and I, then I, I was even mentioned it at I one was point. So in, I was like, what's this one going to be? <laughs> yes. And the, the concept of trying to decode which fairy tale which the fairy story tale. was related mm-hmm. to. Yes. Was, I, I also adored that. And I made notes of it. Like when I caught like, you know, one about Cin- like Cin- Cinderella, yep. Beauty and the Beast. And I was very much like. I, I, I thought that I was smart when I picked those yep. up and then I looked online and I'm like, oh yeah, no, this no, isn't pretty, a really like, it's known, just a really known yep. thing. So like, yeah, yeah so okay. that lives in the woods with seven dwarfs. It's so weird. I yeah. Mean, it just sounds like Snow White. It sounds pretty familiar. I've done, I've seen this someplace before. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it and, uh, I've got a few things to talk about, but I don't, Sim, do you have anything you want to say before we no, not, I mean, not, not too much. I mean, I have a lot of, I mean, obviously I, I pushed this book to you guys. Um, you technically chose it on your own, but it was, uh, I'm not going to say that there was any destiny at play here, um, <laughs> but you could say that this was destined to be read. Um, no, definitely the, um, and I was just looking it up while you guys were talking. He said something in there about his use of fairy tales. Yes. And it's, you know, definitely is kind of the adult, uh, morally gray version of them, right? I assume much more closer to, you know, like the original the Hans, Hans Christian, Christian Anderson. Anderson and like the the, Grimm's uh, yeah. 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 The ones before they were turned into children's things, which were much more like grotesque. Uh, I don't yeah. think I've read them myself, but I've like, read about them where, mm-hmm. you know, especially in like Cinderella, I think that the stepsisters are like monsters. Chopping basically. Off their toe, and they're chopping off their toes to fit in the to shoe. To fit in the shoe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, I think it was an interesting recontextualization, let's say. Yes. Um, and it really does kind of fit in with, um, nah, I don't, I guess not fit in, but it is interesting. And this is one of most of my notes are kind of related to, and we don't have to get into it in a second, but just how Geralt as a character um, does kind of stand out amongst a lot of uh, fantasy protagonists that I'm familiar with, um, primarily like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones in particular. Um, And that just the way that it's written has a very, what I'll call an Eastern European feel to it. Um, I'm by no means an expert in like Russian and Eastern European literature. Um, If anything, we should have had our our friend Austin and my sister, my sister has like a a degree in Russian literature, but there's something very fatalistic about it. Um, You know, there's, there's no real, no real happy endings in any of these stories. Maybe, maybe the last wish, I guess the actual story itself has a somewhat nice ending, right? Um, There's still, there's still, sorry, there's still resolution at the end of all of them in some way, shape or form. And it's not, 
it's not necessarily sad or bad. It's not like you said, happy, but it's not, it's, it's enjoyable. It's, it's a closed ending. I think it's, I think it's clear that um, in all the stories that we read, you know, because again, this isn't, this isn't like a narrative novel. It's a collection of like, I don't short stories, essays, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, I think it's clear that like, it's all building up towards something much bigger in each story. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He, so um, a- as I was reading it and I was like looking into, you know, what the, I want to know what the main central storyline is. And when I do pick up one of the narrative, you know, actual physical novels, like what am I going to be reading about? You know, when did it take place? And like what, you know, I would have loved because I don't think that these were the stories. Maybe I'm wrong. It didn't seem like the stories, the way that they were collected and put together necessarily were um, consecutive uh, t- timeline wise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like certainly time had gone by or he was when he say when um dandelion first comes to him um and they're talking about that and then we kind of go back and and see how we how he met dandelion and the story that you know what i mean a lot of them are like flashback the same thing with jennifer and they're talking about it in the voice of reason like the connecting sections and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah she's gonna come looking for me and yeah and then you go back in and you the next story is how they met and right right yeah the framing how they have him at uh, the Melatelli's temple. Yeah. And essentially that he's telling all these stories in either flashbacks or recollections, Definitely sharing a story. Um, I think it's it it allows for a lot of freedom for what he can do with his actual story, right? As I said, the, the initial story, The Witcher, was a short story. I don't think he planned on fleshing out this universe whatsoever. Um, then it was really popular. And he's like, okay, well, now what can I do with his character? Right. Um, because... It's, you know, it's very much the mystery of the week, right? I would call Monster of the Week from like X-Files yep. in a lot of his stories. And uh, Sim, you watch a little bit of the show. The show is yes. the exact same way too. Um, and when they play around with time, if you've noticed this in the show, you, I was very confused for the first three to four episodes yes. until somebody had posted, I think the Netflix actually posted like, here's kind of the timeline of what's going on. Yeah. And then- I mean, I guess this is a light spoiler, but like the stuff that happens in the beginning of the show is not necessarily timeline sequential. Correct. There was um, there was a point when I was watching it and yeah, we'll, we'll just like bring in some TV show. But there's there's a point where I was watching it when I when I was like, OK, I wonder if this is happening at the same time or when these things are happening. Mm-hmm. And there is a clear thing that happens that you're like oh, okay, no, this is happening well before right. this has gone on. Mm-hmm. And like, they're kind of like melding together. And um, so it's interesting. And again, like I literally learned that in the final episode that I watched. So mm-hmm. I want it like, I haven't had the chance to go and see how that all plays out and it comes back together, um, you know. It does tie in cohesively in my opinion, but you just have to get over you got to be able to marry the different timelines into one kind of cohesive timeline. Mm-hmm. And I know that, God, what was the show? There was a show that came out like somewhat before this that had a very similar thing. I don't know. I can't remember what it is. But once you can wrap your mind around 
oh, okay, not everything here is taking place sequentially. Yes. Then it's just like, okay, now I can kind of enjoy the story a little bit more. And I will trust that in an episode or three episodes, we will, things will fall into place here. Right. Exactly. Um, I kind of like that. I dig that about a story. Like, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it makes you think more than just taking what you're seeing at face value. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, 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 in my opinion, it was very helpful for Netflix to do that, to show like, wait a second, we have a plan here. This isn't just some, don't give up on us yet. <laughs> right. We're not, we're not completely forgetting what we're doing or like our editor was drunk when they did this. Like <laughs> we, yeah. we have a plan. Yeah. Um, I did like uh, literally on like the first or second or third page or whatever, I um, highlighted a quick quote that I wanted to read. Um, it was just interesting to me because, uh, oh, well, I'll tell you in a second, but um, it says, quote, there's no room to be had, you Rivian vagabond, rasp the po- pockmarked man standing right next to the outsider. We don't need people like you and wise him. This is a decent town. And I just thought like, reading that I was like wow there's just fucking bigotry everywhere it's yeah. like mm-hmm. even in the even in the fantastical realm <laughs> I mean yeah. I love that obviously you know reading fantasy stories there's almost always like um a uh an oppressed people mm-hmm. and you know yes. what I mean yep. and like you know and and how they rise up to overcome all of that and it's I'm kind of interested to see you know I don't know that I got it in this collection of stories like why witchers are so um i don't know look down upon like Mm -hmm. why people think that they're icky and you know Mm. not even though they're fighting like these fantastical beasts and and you know whatever especially when it seems like it wasn't something that was really a choice it was you you kind of it was essentially a destiny that you are the one that's going to be the witcher right take you away and you're going to be trained to become what you're going to be yep and then for people to hate people to hate on that it's kind of like really Mm -hmm. so one thing i had considered asking you guys was if there were big questions about this universe that i can answer for you because i'm not a super fan i haven't read all the books but i have read this one a couple times and i've read a few of the other ones i love the show i played most of the games um so like i could easily tell you why people really hate witchers but i guess i don't know if you want me to i guess it comes down to how much more info do you want to know about this world or and this well, is a I'm, spoiler I'm for sure later it's... are you going to keep watching and or reading and then i won't i you in. i i plan to definitely keep watching the show i'm mm-hmm. not sure if i'll get to the books at some point i plan to like i had i had it i as i finished this book i was like yeah i'm actually really interested and i would like to pick up the next story. Sure. Um, so I looked into it and everything and the, it's just like whether or not it's honestly just about time yeah. and yeah, you know totally. having time yeah. to add another thing to yeah. my list. Um, but I, I would like <clears throat> to, I don't know. So, so that being said, I don't know if I want you to spoil that for me and unless it's I wouldn't even not... call, I wouldn't even call it a spoiler. It is okay, just, I can, I can, I can flesh out the background a little bit. So just why <laughs> And I think they get into it a little bit in the books, but basically what happens is when you have essentially orphans, unwanted children, things like that, um, they're either given to or sold to the witchers. Uh, okay. Like the witchers are a, not a race of people. It's more of an occupation. But to become a witcher, you have to have these incredibly fast reflexes. You know, you got to be able to handle the cat potions, stuff like that. So they take these kids and then they put them through what's called the trial of the grasses and something like 90% of kids die during it. But the ones that survive are turned into witchers, but it mutates them forever. 
So really people hate witchers just because they're different. Um, they look like humans, right? Sarah, you've seen the show, like yep. Geralt looks like a man, but he does not classify himself as a human. He very clearly is like, I am a mutant. I'm not one of you guys. And I'm not a monster either. I'm right in between. And I get the worst of both worlds, right? Everybody hates me. Oh, he dev- That's the one thing he's very good at. He gets it in quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, he does. And, you know, I had, I had said, when you see Henry Cavill as, as Geralt, you know, it's not a maybe as sexy, but he's just like a, he's carved out of marble and he's. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was not like somebody who ever thought like Henry Cavill was really all that handsome, but like I was watching it and I was like, yeah, no, I could definitely bone this dude. <laughs> I could yeah. totally get in- involved in that. <laughs> yeah. His, his head is just like a block of wood. It's, it's like huge. so. <laughs> his whole body is huge. And it's, um, it, it's really funny. Uh, I know we're kind of uh, wide ranging right now, but so the most people knew about The Witcher because in 2015, they put out a video game, The Witcher 3, um, which I know you guys are not gamers whatsoever, but it was a really big deal. Like it was really excellent. It was very well done. Um, but the, the guy who plays Witcher in that looks nothing like Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill. He's like kind of the skinny, scrawny, lithe guy, which is when you read about kind of what the witchers do, um, there's a point, I think, when he's kind of chopping up people in a lesser evil, where it's like they talk about how he does his sword fighting. And it's not it's not like a like a Jon Snow or Conan the Barbarian, right? Like witchers fight um, very with cunning. So they say like, oh, he's like swinging his sword, but like just the little tip of the sword will like nick the jugular and like. It's like just tiny little finite movements. It's all very agility based or precision based. And then you get a guy like Henry Cavill in there. Um, I know you guys aren't big Mission Impossible fans, but he's in the latest one. And like, he's just a complete bruiser. So it's very interesting that um, he was chosen for that. And he was only chosen for it because he staunchly advocated to be the Witcher because he's a huge nerd like is into Warhammer 40k and stuff which is so near you guys probably don't even know what that is but yeah yeah he like he was like an active an active um endorser of making the Witcher thing happen and now that it's very popular it's like well good for you bro like if yeah. nothing else if you're only known as Geralt for the rest of your life like right you can do a whole lot worse than that absolutely yeah and like wa- watching that on screen that um that episode well that episode which is the first episode of the show um the lesser evil um that fight scene like played beautifully like oh, it was yeah, like yeah. a fucking ballet but yeah. it was super mm-hmm. brutal you know because you're as you read about it he i mean he's chopping people's heads off like you know mm-hmm. whatever but it played on the screen so beautifully i'm like holy shit like he's really like agile like the way that he that's can the move one in the dining room with the queen right no that's oh. the lesser evil is the one with renfrey who is the female who that um the it's one where where Stregobor the wizard yes. wants him to kill kill Renfrey oh, yep, because yep, yep. he thinks yeah. she's evil. Okay. Yes. Um thank you. That's an that's another thing about the the show a difference with the I'm going to I'm going to spoil I don't know that I'm this is really a spoiler but um to me it seems like the show is trying instead of his obsession being with Yennefer whom in the show he doesn't even know yet he kind of talks about Renfrey like so he's sleeping and, um, you know, the, people will ask, uh, you, you were saying the name Renfrey, who's Renfrey. So instead he's like, has this obsession with Renfrey instead of Yennefer, whom he hasn't even met yet. So I'm curious to see how like that in the show, if that's like the, 
the main thing if he's instead hooked on Renfrey and like she's going to be kind of Yennefer's I don't know I don't know I will only say that the they don't deviate from canon like that so what happens in the book is pretty much what happens on on the screen okay not spoiling anything Renfrey doesn't she doesn't show up again as far as I know okay So I have um, I have a question for you. Yeah, of course. Um, specifically because you are on the screen, it, are, do you have a wolf's necklace on? I was hoping that you guys would see this. Last year, I went as Geralt for Halloween, <laughs> and I have uh, this is his wolf pendant. Okay. That he wears around his his neck that like vibrates. I I got rid of. I had a, a gray wig. I had a silver <laughs> wig. I, I, I looked worse than Matt Smith as a uh, Damon Targaryen. Oh my god! That thing, he looks what? awful. That thing. The in the House of the Dragon, Matt Smith. They all have like silver gold or like silver white hair, and just some people it does it just, does work. not look yeah. right. Doesn't look right. Picture Daenerys's hair on a dude. <laughs> right. So unfortunately, I got rid of all that stuff. As- uh totally yeah i'm sure there is i think we took one last year but i was not happy with the costume at all so there was probably one picture taken well send it so yep. we can post it for the on the instagram i'll have to we're get go- it from i'll have to get it from my wife but yeah we're I gonna know. post it on the gram we're gonna post it to the gram so you're gonna have to deal with that um i did i there was another little thing that like uh so still in the first in the first story with the striga um you know they're talking about the the king who got his sister pregnant Mm -hmm. and then another thing like that was another thing that popped out of me like why in all these fucking fantasy stories is there so much fucking incest like because it comes from it comes from history that's why (laughs) unfortunately all the all the english uh, monarchs in other countries too it unfortunately is a it's just part (laughs) of being a, a human really i i can't even say uncivilized it's just as People got a bone and well, sometimes your sibling looks good. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Right, right in that same, same topic, not with the incest, but, you know, comparisons to Game of Thrones, perhaps. Uh, page 98, one of the first things that I flagged after I flagged a whole thing that was like, this is like Beauty and the Beast. Um, <laughs> was I making my way up to Yispadin? But I don't know if I'll get there before the snows block the way. I might get stuck in one of the little towns on the Latonsky Road. Do you plan to stay long in Blaviken? No, I have no time to waste. Winter's coming. And I was like, <laughs> is, it, is it now? Uh, winter is always coming. Winter's always coming, especially now. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's really funny. I, like, I kept making, like, little... I just kept making like little comparisons to Game of Thrones and like other. You're also reading House or watching House of Dragon probably at the same time you're reading. Watching and reading it all at the same time as I'm reading this book. So of course I'm going to see little parallels and things that stick out to me. But um, yeah. And it's, it's right. It's hard to extricate them because Game of Thrones is the biggest fantasy property since Harry Potter came out. I was going to say in forever, but Harry Potter came out a couple of years before it. Yeah. Um, so, and that was a lot of my notes too, right? I have a lot of comparisons about between Geralt and a Jon Snow and Geralt and yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. Just like the different, <clears throat> they're not like deep thoughts or anything, but it just is like, there's very clear distinctions about how um, Geralt is written as a character versus how like Harry Potter is. And that's where I think the Western versus Eastern European divide comes into it a little bit. Whereas... Um, and I say that just because like the Western European, like Harry Potter, he's very hopeful. Um, you know, he's a people pleaser. Innocent. He's innocent. He, I, I don't want to say like the adult, but like, he's not, 
he's he's a good he's good hearted. He's obviously a child of destiny himself, but like a lot of the things that he gets into or out of, he like requires a lot of help from other people. Acton. Um, and somewhere like Geralt, where he's just, you know, I really like the um, and I think a, a lot of men might feel this way similarly, especially guys who are online a lot, but like he's he's the ultimate logic guy, right? All of his decisions mm-hmm. are made are very, in his eyes, very black and white. Yes. Okay, you want me to kill Renfrey? I'm not going to. She's not a monster. Well, right, but she could be. Well, no. But she's not. So, and that's like one of the things that like always sticks out to me about things like this is like sometimes a person doesn't look like a monster, but they can easily be a monster. I mean, you know, I mean, we live in a world where, you know, serial there are serial killers out. Oh, we got less than one minute. We got, we're going to have to stop in a second. But. I was just going to say, do we want to um, take a pause here? Do you guys need a cocktail refill? Katie clearly does. I have not finished mine, but I'm go back to the fact that I sucked down a whole bunch of Midori sours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll go make another one and want to send us another. Um... It'll, it'll be the same link. We'll just hop right back on it. Sounds good. All right. So okay. let's take a pause here. I'm going to be part one. Hope I can remember what the hell I was talking, what I was saying. That's okay. You know, I actually had, I did have some sort of structure that I wanted to go into. We started talking about the TV show, but maybe we can go story by story and then talk about maybe the TV and other stuff. Okay. Okay. We are back. We have refilled our drinks and we are all very happy about that. I assume. Oh, Sim, even you refilled your drink. I love it. I did. I love it. I'm just right. going to keep calling it Ecto Cooler because it just looks Why like Ecto Cooler. You got that glass. Uh, Cass bought them online. I think she got them on Amazon. Looks yeah. like a mushroom. It that's is. Small. That's that, That's what it is. It's a mushroom. Oh, okay. It is a mushroom. Okay. Because that's what I, I was like. What kind of glass is that? What cocktail are you supposed to make in it? Yeah. Any, a, a very careful one because she broke one like the first day she got one. They don't stand up too well. No, they look own. like they would be pretty tipsy. Once and is it, tipsy. is it thin too? Like, is it like a... It's oh not, yeah. Yeah. I have it. I have a glass like that too. That's like in a shape and mm-hmm. you would think that they would make this really like well-reinforced, Especially but it's really not take the time to make it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. Sim, you are running this. So what do you want yeah. to start with basically? Sure. So I, we, as I had mentioned right before we took a quick pause there, um, we kind of just were going a little bit around about, um, I did kind of want to just go through story by story. I don't have a ton of notes on them, but like our conversation will we'll kind of fill in um, where we're going. The first thing I just wanted to say, and I, I was talking about this earlier, but like, is that Geralt is kind of what I call a logic man. Um, there's, there's something very refreshing about that. You know, that he's so emotionally divested from both his work and from kind of life. You know, he's, he's really is like a CEO's perfect dream. You know, the CEO of the Witcher school up at Kirborn, <laughs> Um, that like all he really does is work and fuck when he gets a chance <laughs> you know like they even they even like the, the destiny right they start talking about destiny in um is that the lesser what was it, a, a question of price that that's one with with queen calanthe i okay. believe um whichever story that is but it's like you know he's talking about the law of surprise and oh destiny and it's just like it's it's basically the religion of and the world is called the continent is what it's called. It's not okay. called anything else. It's the continent. But there, there is no real religion other than just this uh, adherence to destiny and the law of surprise 
that even from queens down to the most lowly peasants that everybody must adhere to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I actually, now that you bring that up, I actually have a little bit of a quote about religion that I found. Sure. Um, and it's not in a specific story. I'm pretty sure it's in one of the, the shorter sidebar. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, uh, you have a right to believe that we're governed by nature and the force hidden within her. You can think that the gods, including my, uh, are merely a personification of this power invented for simpletons so they can understand it better, accept its existence. So I kind of, I kind of liked that quote because you know, a, you know how I feel about religion and like my atheism and whatever, but it's like, I, it, it just reminded me of, you know, how people have to have religion in order to make things more palatable and like mm-hmm. more accept, you know, acceptable yeah, you can't to just them. Accept it for what it is yes. and, and yeah. what it could be as right. opposed to putting it in faith. Yes. So that Absolutely. was pretty interesting. Yeah. And I actually, I have a quote as well, and this, this will tie into what we're going through. So in the first, uh, in the Witcher, the story itself uh, on page 27, uh, Geralt's talking to Foltest, not Foltest, sorry. He's talking to one of Foltest's advisors. But I, Lord Ostrit, do not care about politics or the successions to thrones or revolution in palaces. I'm here to accomplish my task. Have you never heard of a sense of responsibility and plain honesty about professional ethics? <laughs> and I just, I just love that where it's like, Geralt doesn't care about any of this palace intrigue. He doesn't care about who's bone and who. It's like, are you going to pay me or not? Right. You're not exactly. gonna pay me, then I'm gonna go somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like a sell sell sword. Sell sword of like Absolutely. a Game of Thrones type situation. Yeah, I mean he's he really is a mercenary, right? I mean right, he has right. he has no army. He just is a man. I'm just the orkin man going from neighborhood to neighborhood. You got the bugs <laughs> you need to get rid of. Um, exactly. Um, so just my notes on that first story, The Witcher, um, which is about the Striga. You know, the the king ends up impregnating his own sister, uh, births this abomination that's murdering people. Um, but what I the, the two notes I have about it was really just I love that it started as a short story that was pretty much independent of lore. It wasn't concerned about tying into a greater thing. It's just like, OK, I'm going to throw a couple a handful of proper nouns at you just to set the place. You know, I think he mentions Redania probably um, if this is that kingdom. I can't recall this time, but it's just like not going to overburden you with trying to learn a whole world and universe. It's just like it's just a guy. He's in a medieval sort of place. Yep. Pretty similar to Europe. And that's all you need to know. Right. They don't have electricity. That's about it. (laughs) I I did kind of like that, that it wasn't like so much. In, like information overload because a lot of fantasy stuff kind of does that where it's just like whole history yes and let me explain all the people and all the and this oh, specific yeah. yeah and it's like shit that's just too much for one thing like this is just a, a fantasy story about a guy fighting a monster like let's just mm-hmm. that hides in a catacombs, right? yeah <laughs> i loved it, it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. right tim like like with george R. R. martin right you read the first game of thrones book and it's just like by the end of the first chapter you're like holy shit like how many characters do i have to learn yes what yeah. are you even talking about right and exactly. the, i think that the the witcher show i know we're not talking about the show as much but the show does kind of overwhelm you a little bit with that you know they start throwing in different kingdoms you know even by like episode three or four you got to know okay who's Nilfgaard, who's Skellige, um, who are all these people? Who's Queen Calanthe? Right. The first story is just like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a lone rider out there. Um, 
this is just a story about a dude fighting that some walked into yeah. a bar and yeah. just wanted a room yeah. and people yeah, <laughs> and- up a little yeah, Continue. and when you when you compare it to the other stories in this collection too, it, they're all pretty similar, right? It's just you could pick any pick and tie or choose any time in Geralt's life, and this is just a day in the life of Geralt. You know, he's constantly he's always getting into some sort of shit. Um, <laughs> with and you know, my note here is this, you know typical for most of his adventures with very few happy endings, both in this book and in real life too. Right? Things <laughs> they, they they have resolution; they're not lingering. But yes, I wouldn't say that any of the result, even the re- the resolution of this story, right? He ends up curing her. He does what he can to keep her alive. But it's still, it's like, yeah, she's got about 10 years of rehab ahead of her to learn. Yeah, how to yeah this is a, fucked. Yes, yeah. this is a 14 year old child who basically has the brain of a seven year old, if Correct. not. And, and in, yeah, right, if in, in one, one hand, maybe the more, I guess, morally correct thing would would have been just to kill her. Right. 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 And on one hand. But like, she it, is the heir to the throne. And like, and that's one of those things where it's just like how is this child going to sit on the throne someday? Like, I mean, she has, she has murdered countless people, Mm -hmm. like, and she has to live with that kind of thing. Like, and sorry, my dog is going nuts at the moment. I mean, that goes right in hand in hand with the fact that nobility and, and the, the, the way Royal blood works is Mm -hmm. you get what you get. And that person's going to be in charge and you can't ever be like, um, are we sure about this one? Like, are we sure this is the way we want to do this? Well, this is very much, uh, rules and this is the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. And this is what we got to continue to follow. This is very much a, well, you've got to watch house of house, uh, of the dragon because it's very much like that right now where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, they've chosen one person to follow the succession. And now that's like getting flipped on its head. And it's a little, it's crazy. Like that. I just, I love, 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 like that kind of I I am a palace intrigue kind of person I love Mm -hmm. like that kind of shit um so that's on total opposite of Geralt Geralt in that sense but (laughs) well even even in that scenario right with House of the Dragon it's like Viserys made what we would say is the right call right Mm -hmm. what we today would say is the right call sure yeah it's your eldest born okay just because she's a woman doesn't mean that she couldn't rule this and that but as we're seeing in the show there's all these machinations in place to thwart this even yes. by his own closest advisors because he legit Otto Hightower legitimately believes that it's going to destroy the world if you elect a woman as, exactly. as the ruling queen Do you live there now yeah oh yeah for sure I mean and it has a lot of it has a lot of um you know uh parallels to real world stuff which is which is honestly like what the best fantasy stories do they bring that kind of stuff in yeah. because I mean how else are you going to relate to it yeah. so it also proves that history is very circular and cyclical. Yes. And that even though we have new technology and new money, the same assholes are still trying to do what they've always been trying to do. Yep. yep. Since, the, sure. since the days of yore. Um, okay. We'll move on to uh, Reign of Truth. <coughs> Reign of Truth is the one with Nivellen, who is the Beauty and the Beast one. Yes. yes. Right. Uh, my notes here is that that is a great episode of TV. That's the pilot or that's the opening episode of season two. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So, and as we're not talking about the show, but <laughs> as I was rewatching the first episode and a half today, um, they really do sprinkle a ton of stuff in from the second book in this series, which is a sort of destiny, okay. which I would only just say that if you don't want to commit to reading the whole arc, I would at minimum suggest reading that one. It's another collection of short stories. I was going to ask if all of them are like that. 
<laughs> no, the, the, the first two books, uh, Last Wish and Sword of Destiny, are both the same thing. They have like little through lines through them, but otherwise independent adventures okay. that eventually connect to a greater point. And then after those two, it then embarks on the longer arc that's like five or six books. Gotcha. Um, but like, Sim, you've been watching the show and like they talk about Siri a lot in there. You don't yes. even need Siri until the second book. So you're going to be getting a lot of info and you're getting a lot of details that don't even know yeah you yeah. won't even know right a lot about Jennifer's yeah. background as well um my notes on the grain of truth I mean I I enjoyed this one as a story right it's Geralt stumbles upon this old mansion with basically a cursed beast of a man who has a companion let's say in yes. his house <laughs> um an annual one <laughs> yeah and uh, I just I, I really enjoyed I love the, the way, and I had said this when I first talked about this a couple months ago, but I just love the way that this guy writes. I love his, the way that he goes about doing things, which is like in this story, it's like, it's all about, to me, this is about responsibility. And that Nivellin certainly, it looks like he has a pretty cushy life, right? He can have all the food he wants. He's got all these magic tricks he can do. Yep. Um, but yet, you know, it's, it's very melancholy as well. And you don't, you don't feel bad for him because he obviously did a terrible thing, right? If you're going to rape a priestess and burn down her temple, you got to expect that bad things are probably going to happen from that. Right. But there's also, I also didn't get any judgment out of it either. It's like, you made a bad decision. Now you're living with it. Yes. Geralt, Geralt made his choice because this is what he does. He kills monsters, kills your little companion. Yeah. The creepy little... And there wasn't, there wasn't, this one wasn't like somebody hired him to go there, right? He just stumbled upon this. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he was walking through the woods and he found, and he the, found the dead, the dead, yes. Father and daughter. Yes. So there was, there was a quote in this one that I liked and I made a little note about it. Um, so the, the quote is, uh, the monster sat at the table, lowered his head, clasped his hairy paws over his stomach, muttered something while twiddling, twiddling his enormous thumbs, then suddenly roared, thumping the table with his paws. Dishes and platters rattled like pewter and silver chalices jing- jingled like crystal. There was a smell of roast meat, garlic, marjoram, and nutmeg. Geralt did not show any surprise. It was at this point that I was singing Be Our Guest in my head. So, like, I, I was totally, like, anticipating that happening. <laughs> which page is that? Do you have, oh, I well, don't, yeah. I, I'm on the Kindle, so I did not, yeah. So I also have one that is basically, to put it briefly, corpses fell, several. I used whatever came to hand and I'd suddenly become very strong and the house helped as best it could. Doors slammed, furniture flew in the air, fires broke out. And I just was dying laughing. <laughs> I, like I, that's, I literally highlighted the whole entire paragraph and I was, reminds me of beast. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because you don't like, I, like I didn't pick up that it was, it was basically like retelling of retellings of these little fairy tales. I think until that one, because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't get that from the first, the, the Striga the one. Standalone yeah. Story, basically the witcher. I don't yeah. think it was, I don't know that. Well, I'm not saying that it wasn't, but I can't think of was. I couldn't think of, of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Where there was a girl that was yeah and i don't i don't think he specifically went about trying to tell fairy tale stories either or recontextualizing them i think he just kind of picked and pulled from different things yeah or and or it could be that they're based on fairy tales that are just not palatable for a child's Mm -hmm. uh child entertainment so it never made its way over here that Um, makes sense yeah i don't know i don't i don't have a ton of of um notes on that one i'm also 
read this one on Kindle. I actually bought the entire series on Kindle in one go because I have some of these in paperback and I've lent them out to people over the years. I only have one book left. Um, but I did take advantage of the audible narration that you can do. Okay. So this one, I actually was walking the dog and I, I was listening to it, um, which is, I know we're not necessarily big Kindle fans here, but that is actually a really nice perk that they do offer. Um, and I was able to actually read the, or listen to the, the Last Wish last night as well. Just to be Kindle. clear, I do not like in my Kindle, but Sarah would marry hers if she could. I would marry mine if I could. Oh, yeah. totally. I, I'm more just saying, I know you guys are, are big supporters of libraries. Is I am as well. I just couldn't track down my login information to try to use Libby or another one of those features. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the library. The library is an important feature and um, we must support them anyway. For sure. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the lesser evil because I have a quote for this one too. Okay. Um, my notes here, this is kind of Geralt's first encounter with like actual magic. Well, no, that's not true. The previous one he had magic in, but like this is where you first see him encountering sorcerers and a version of, I guess, Jennifer's a witch, I guess. Jennifer's technically I don't think a witch. They get yeah. into that, but um, yeah, this could be the first time, which that becomes a, a much larger part of. The, the series at large which is this is why when I was talking about with the first story that they don't overload you with lore I like it that every story they kind of put you know a couple little bits on there extra yeah mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to drop it all at once but like okay now we're realizing that there is like a brotherhood of the sorcerers and that they are like major power players in the world in general as a specifically as um, advisors to kings um, my notes are on the question of price is that this is my favorite episode of the first season by far. I love it. Um, and it perfectly ties in a lot of themes that he's been talking about in these, in the, some of the previous stories, specifically a lack of agency, right? Calanthe very much is um, lamenting the fact that even though she's a queen, she still doesn't have a lot of freedom. Right. Right. She still has, she has to abide by all these cultural norms um, and for not only just for her, but women in general, right? You're, you're there to produce an heir. You're there to be married off. You're there. Yep. It's, you don't get to choose these things by and right. large. Yes. Um, the Witcher and Dooney himself, right? They're mutants and outcasts. They have no agency. People just place their expectations upon them and then go from there. There's no, yeah. they rarely get to define their own terms. And then I have here that the law of surprise itself. Um, you know, as kind of the the almost dominant religion in the continent, that removes agency from almost everything, right? If it's destiny, then it doesn't matter what you do, whether you give have to give the surprise or you're receiving it, it's totally out of your hands. It's just right. it's up to the universe to decide if you're going to get a sack of grain for this nice thing you did or if you're going to get a child. this is kind of like katie and i have talked about you know that kind of thing in the past on episodes like you know whether there's something so much as like destiny is kind of the same thing as fate you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like do you get to choose it or is it already predestined and you know it's yeah you can say that you chose it but um did you really you know right and it ties in with the previous story with renfrey as well right the shregabor is like oh she was born under the eclipse Oh, everyone who was born in that were evil. Oh, she killed a canary. She did this and that. But then you talk to Renfrey and she's more just like, yo, they said I was evil. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? So it is very much 
that it's one is like a young woman, to, like yeah. a normal young yeah. woman. Yeah. Right. So that one is very, to me, is a total 50 50. Like, is this actually real or is it not? Like, I don't know. Self fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Yeah. If you yeah. think the destiny's out there, then you might just end up doing it, whether you want to or not. But then I think that this at the beginning of the mm -hmm. day compared to the end of the day, yeah, like, oh, this is going to be a great day. And then you totally. get through the day and you're like, wait a second, none of that shit. actually. None happened. of that actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> or and so I then it so that this happened. Yeah. And so then with, with this specific story, it's kind of a similar thing where it's like, is this really destiny? Like there's definitely something weird going on here, but right. Seems to be pretty real to me that, kind of transformed back into a man after all this and happens to be in love with with the princess as well so or am i talking about the show i Not don't remember lie. now i don't even remember um my this is my problem with like the reading reading of these things too is like you know they all kind of meld in together and again i got covid mm -hmm. so like all <laughs> my brain just stopped working after all of that and like it was like okay i think you're the, the one you're talking about is <clears throat> further in it with could the, be because still in love with the princess is so i'm also thinking about this the, that's the one with the queen that is and this one isn't it right yeah the, question the, of price. I, I think queen calanthe is only in one story in yes this, in this series whereas right. in the show which is another thing that confuses me as well um just the yeah. blending of the boundaries it's queen like there is i'm trying not to get too spoilery um Suffice to say, Sim, if you keep watching this series at least, or at least this season, I think this episode is up next for you. I think this is four. Okay. And they they do very clearly state that various characters you meet, you know, Siri, you've already met Siri. She's obviously yeah. very important. Yeah, um, clearly. She she has some sort of destiny and which is you know, encompassed with Geralt apparently. And I'm interested to know what that is about, but. Um, right. Yeah. So I'll let you put two and two together offline. Um, gotcha. But let's just say those two things might be connected. I do have story. one minuscule quote that I marked <laughs> in this one solely because I found it ironic and it was yet, in my opinion, another example of being written by a man. <laughs> uh, the princess shook her head eagerly. Thank you, your majesty. Thank you, Denny smiled. You're a wise and generous queen. Of course I am. And beautiful. Uh, and beautiful. <laughs> right. Uh, you're right. Let me just go ahead and throw myself in there. As, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Of course I would have wanted you to say I'm beautiful. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> that's that's always important. I, I would state that um, I actually really appreciated the fact that Queen Calanthe is kind of I don't want to say a bitch, but she's definitely like, I'm not taking any shit from anyone. Yes. I very much am the lion of Sintra. Like, you know, you sat here because I wanted you to sit here and do something worthy of being sitting here. Right. Exactly. exactly. Stop, stop fucking talking to me. And because <laughs> you're embarrassing me, um, mm. which, <laughs> which is, it's, it's another thing for the, the multimedia <clears throat> aspect I want to talk about. It's very funny that um, in the games specifically, they very are very clear that Geralt like is, very reticent to talk most times if someone says something to him he's just like hmm. he just like just like a hmm or an uh-huh he's so chatty in some of these some of these stories yeah i yeah. forget that like him being quiet is like a part of his character because he's a straight-up chatterbox in a lot of these things especially when he's got a bit of like a monologue slash dialogue going with another character there's just like pages and pages of text and it's like i appreciate what you're saying but 
are you supposed to be like the strong silent type? Because you're pretty yeah. chatty here. Right. Well, it, actually- it came across it came across very well in, in the show where mm-hmm. yeah, he certainly he certainly talks to the people he needs to talk about, but his voice is so so gruff, gruff and very, very yeah. Gruff. Yes. And it's very, like honestly, I, I dug it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I could get Come behind on, this. <laughs> Come on, Roach. You want to get behind it or you'd want him to get behind you? Either one, okay. either one, honestly. <laughs> You join us on this chat and you know that there's going to be sex talk at some point. For sure. Yeah, I'm actually a little more surprised that there's not more like explicit sex scenes happening in this book. I mean, obviously it starts out with one right in the very beginning. Yes. A page and a half of him getting straddled. Right. But like otherwise. The reason why I was surprised that you fell asleep the first time you tried to read it. Yeah, well, I read that. That was the first time I read that part, but like it wasn't. I don't know. It just wasn't as like involved as typically I've been like, oh, okay. Like this is something I could get behind. It was just very much like she rubbed her boob or her (laughs) nipple across his lips. And like, that was it, you know, whatever. Um, and of course you have to be like, I like to be involved or invested in In that, in those characters. Like it just literally was just like, here's a sex scene. Mm -hmm. And like that sex scene, like it wasn't him and Yennefer. That was him and I- Iola, one of the priestesses, right? Yeah, she's like a trainee, I think. Yeah. A, yeah. a, a priestess junior, I think. Yeah. So see a priestess. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> priestess light. A priestess light. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, next story is The Edge of the World. I don't have a lot to say on this one other than it is the introduction to the elves as a yes. major player in this world and um, dandelion i love dandelion yeah. and you listen to the narrations dandelion and dandelion. even more even more annoying in the show they changed his name to jask yaskier where it's like what was what? wrong with dandelion wait you that's you, uh, so you, you meet I've, you meet dandelion or you meet yaskier in episode two <laughs> i've met him yeah but I hadn't heard his name. I didn't hear them say his name. And so I just kept calling him Dandelion. And I was like, right. so I don't, I honestly didn't get that. But he's, A, he's adorable. He's super he freaking cute. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's a little shithead too. It's not something I was, he's not what I was picturing. I was kind of pic- mm-hmm. picturing like a, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, I was definitely picturing like a, a dwar- like a somebody who was dwarfed, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, you know what I mean? I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why I was picturing that, but then in the show when he, you know, he's actually like a very attractive young oh, guy. Prototypical boy band, right? Oh, That's, without question. If, yeah. if he had a couple of the loop players and maybe someone doing the finger <laughs> symbols, we would have been, <laughs> been one direction on the continent. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. did flag a quote in here solely for entertainment purposes. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to read it as it is written, but it's with Netley and they're on the road. Netley didn't lower his eyes. It'd be nay good to speak a business on the road. Let us drive on to my home to lower Posada. There we'll speak. Anyways, tis that way ye be heading. Why are you so sure? I, cause ye have no other way to, no other way here. And your horse's noses be turned in that direction, not their butts. And I just, I was like, no shit. You're yes. going this way because they're facing this way. You didn't that was funny. Spin around and that I, was funny. I actually like, I think I laughed out loud when I got to that. I was like, duh. Sounded very um Scottish. Yeah. Me just there, doing it right the, there? Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> like the nay, the nay and the yeah. like. Yeah, how he has yeah. the peasant speaking. You definitely, certainly a Scottish tilt to that. 
Um, my other note, just another incident or another instance where Geralt shows his code in action, right? When he's like, the elves are like, oh, we're going to kill two humans. He's like, nah, you're going to kill one. That's right. him. Yes. I'm not a human. Yeah. And also, I'm not going to kill you guys because here's the bad things that would come from it. Also, I'm not hired to kill you. And I didn't want to kill that Sylvan either because yes. he's an intelligent creature who's not yes. really... Like you, you guys have enabled him to, for this bad behavior. I'm not just right. going to kill him because you're asking me to. Because you're sick of paying whatever you set it up for. Right, because you guys decided I'm going to give him all the grain and hopefully it'll go away. And he's like, no, I'm good. He's like, why would I, <laughs> I want to go away from here? You're just going to continue to feed me. I, I like that story, I think. Like, I like that story because, yeah, it was very, it was very humanizing mm-hmm. to Geralt. You know, I, like it made him seem like a much more... Um, it just gave his like uh um like his personal code like a lot more he definitely had a very strong i know you were saying black and white but he definitely mm-hmm. has a very strong moral code and he's a, absolutely it's a, a very likable character on the fact that <clears throat> he's got his principles and he doesn't deviate from them no right. matter it's yes he needs to do things for money but he's not going to do things that he wouldn't want to do for money right like you can't exactly buy him. Yeah, yeah. You go back to the the first story with the Striga, right? He's very much like, I do not want to kill this creature. I'm going to do everything I can to keep it alive. Right. You know, he's not out there as with bloodlust. He just this is what he was trained to do. He's like a plumber looking at a toilet. Yeah, that thing might be clogged and full of shit. I don't hate the shit. I just need to get the toilet cleaned. (laughs) Right. He's a he's a problem solver essentially in whatever way makes the most sense to actually do it. Absolutely. So yeah. I do have another quote, again, only lightly in relation to what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> One thing is certain, muttered the witcher, sweeping his eyes over the tangled jungle of hemp spreading before them. This devil is not stupid. How did you deduce that? Dandelion was curious. From the fact that he's sitting in an impenetrable thicket? Any old hair has enough brains for that. It's a question of the special qualities of hemp. A field of this size emits a strong aura against magic. Most spells will be useless here and there. Look, do you see those poles? Those are hops. Their pollen has the same effect. It's not mere chance. The rascal senses the aura and knows he's safe here. Of course he is, surrounded by hemp and hops. Like, mm-hmm. what else would he possibly want? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah. just moving on to the last wish. Again, you, this is where you meet Yennefer. Um, she, Sim, as you know from watching the show, is a major, she's a major character in the show. She's one of the three leads. Um you know, she's obviously kind of presented in your introduction as very scandalous, you know, manipulative. I have in my nose a medieval girl boss um, turns men into simps. Oh, and maybe is legitimately evil. Like, you know, certainly when yeah, you meet her, you sure. don't know her intentions, right? It seems that she's because Geralt meets the, those guys kind of hanging out in that. It's not a jail, but it's like in between the drawbridge and the main entrance to the village. They right. kind of put you in like this little holding cell until the day. And he meets that one elf in there who is like obsessed with her. And it's like, she's got some sort of power, right? But then- Reminded it, me of a uh, pussy whipping. <laughs> it was definitely pussy whipped on this lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. And then of course it turns out that she's using her magic to get these guys to do all this stuff that, that she wants them to do. But just there's yep. obviously that immediate kinship and the parallel between Yennefer and Geralt where they're both, you know, kind of turned into freaks, maybe against- uh, against their wishes or they had no choice as to what their destiny turned into be um same as you're seeing in the show right like Jennifer was basically chosen from like a mud pit to become yeah. to become a witch and yes. you know she didn't choose to do this it just was brought upon her 
Um, they're both hated and feared, right? All they want is like some sort of human touch of some sort. For Yennefer, it's the ability to produce a child. For Geralt, I think it's primarily just some sort of loving relationship and companionship. Like he has Dandelion there and he always takes him for granted, but you know that it's his, that's his best, basically only friend other than Roach, his horse. Ride or die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, I would just add a, little, a nice little flavor to the story is that Geralt has many different horses and they're always female and they're always named Roach. So it's funny. <laughs> okay. So if you, you hear him talking about Roach, it may not be the same one from the previous story because it could have been decades prior to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, The Last Witch is, like I said, primarily just of interest because you get to meet Yennefer and she becomes a much larger part of Geralt's life entirely. Like he obviously is obsessed with her. Clearly, because he talks about he's talking about her constantly in the through line stories. Yeah. You right. Know. I don't I don't know if obsessed is the right term, but he's he's fixated on her for one right. particular reason. It's not because she does magic. There's just something about her. He always bringing up the lilac and gooseberries um, that scent that always is like stuck in his memory. Yes. Um, and actually, the the, the first uh, little bit of the Witcher Three game is called Lilac and Gooseberries, um, <laughs> and just shows that you know how important it is she is to his life. Um, I mean, the story with the gin, right? I guess you could, if you want to go back to fairy tales, uh, Aladdin and the uh, Forty Days, yep. Thousand Nights in Arabia, I think. Yeah, Forty Nights. Um, kind of similar, you know, but I think just the the idea of a gin or a genie kind of transcends many different. I mean, you have the the gin and the ifrit in like Eastern, I won't say philosophies, but like, you know, that the concept of the genie who can grant you a wish is almost a universal concept yes. at this point. I think every culture has a version of it. And I like how they tie in the fact that like they take things very seriously and logically. Like if you say something, you need to mean what you say mm-hmm. because, because they're going to, yeah, that's what you're going to get. Yes. Literally exactly yes. what you are saying. Right. And so I think there's... <laughs> Yeah, obviously be careful what you wish for. I'm curious of what you guys feel about um, Geralt's wish for Yennefer and how you interpreted how that plays out. Remind me, remind me real quick. So it basically ends with um, like Yennefer and Geralt still alive. And it, it is implied that his wish, his final wish is to bind him and Yennefer together. That okay. like, they'll always be a unit where she clearly always she wanted was the ability to have a child, which is taken from you when you become a witch. Um, so I'm just, I, I'm curious because I think about that in two different ways, right? Like from being Geralt as somebody I like as a character, you know, oh, good for you. Like you, you found that one person and like now you'll be with them. But obviously from Jennifer's perspective, now it's like you've tied me to, you've destined me to she be didn't in your that. life forever. Yeah, yeah, she right. And on one hand, that's pretty fucked up. If you yeah. Ask me. So I have two things to say about that. One, I part of me interpreted that one of his last wishes was to actually free the djinn. And that's right along the lines of Aladdin. And then he just goes off into Never Never Land, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as him being tied to her, her being able to have a child, if it is his child, would in a turn tie them together not necessarily where he has to actually stay with her all the time and she is stuck with him but if she has a child with him then all of a sudden that is they're co-parenting yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, but also like that that could be your tie like 
this hmm. child has your DNA and has my DNA. It is our child. So we are tied. That is the tie right there. Right. Whether we stay together or am dealing with each other or not at all, but that hmm. child would be the tie. Interesting. I actually don't, I don't think he made that wish though. And again, I may be using information that I know from reading a couple more books and seeing the show, but I'm pretty sure once he made that final wish, it freed the gin because he, right. had, he did three wishes with Yaskier with Dandelion. Um, I think he got the, yeah, he, cause that's, he gets the third one and then Geralt makes his three wishes. He blows up the one guard and then his final one is what releases the gin. And I'm pretty sure that's when he internal, but they, he doesn't say it, right? He doesn't say what his wish was. Yeah. That's why I think it's somewhat open to interpretation but I'm pretty sure it was not to give Jennifer what she wanted. I think he took a, a rare for him, a little bit of selfish action to be like, yes. I kind of love this lady and we're both going to live unnaturally long lifespans, maybe up to 200, 300 years. I'm not entirely sure how long they live, but I want to tie you to it. And as if you read other books and continue watching the show there, that this is not a one-off thing like this, this continues throughout and there's there's resentment there i will say from jennifer because she'll keep running into him be like why do i keep running into you i don't want any, <laughs> i don't want anything to do with you but yet we keep crossing paths because of your wish that you made that's unfortunate that's really unfortunate it is a little bit and that's why i think it's interesting because you want these two that seem to be seemingly to be destined to be with one another yeah and then one of them's like, I'm good. Like, I you know, I like you, Geralt, right? With You know, you're attractive and we have good chemistry. But like, this is not what I want my life to be. I don't want to be like your lover or whatever. I want to do, I have my own power that I want to achieve. I have things that I want to do in my life. Just so I, it's, it's an interesting perspective, right? Coming from a male perspective versus um, a female perspective as well. Going back to like um, the question of price, right? Right, right. So I want to, um, that kind of brings in like this quote, isn't from that story. It's from the story with the Sylvan and the elves and everything. Mm -hmm. But, um, I want to bring cause this kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Um, so, uh, Geralt is talking to Dandelion and, um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but okay. So people Geralt turned his head, like to invent monsters and monstrosities. Then they seem less monstrous themselves when they get blind, drunk, cheat, steal, beat their wives, starve mm-hmm. an old woman. When they kill a trapped Fox with an ax or riddle the last, um, existing unicorn with arrows, they like to think that the bane entering cottages at daybreak is more monstrous than they are. They feel better than they find it easier to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that kind of like ties in in a way, you know, Geralt has done this kind of, you could interpret it as a monstrous kind of thing by, you know, tying this woman who maybe doesn't want to be tied to him, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, but, and he has devoted his life to defeating these kinds of monsters. When a humble bar graced a ride alone. So I don't really have too much more to say about the book itself. Um, it was one thing as I was, you know, as I'd read it before and I was reading it on Kindle and as I said, I was occasionally hopping into the audible narration. It's, it's not that there's nothing there, but it's just, there's like not, the writing is, the writing is good, but it's pretty simple. Yeah. Carol himself as a character, pretty straightforward. And really this is just an introduction to him as a character in the world. So like overall as a book, like, I mean, I, I loved it, obviously. Like I, 
it, I loved it enough that I continued reading it. And I was a big fan of the video games as well. Um, I loved the show. I think it's really well done. For the most part, um, as we were saying earlier, there's a little bit of confusion for newcomers in the first season. But once you get over that hump, like it is a pretty competently made show. Right. But it's all good. I mean, I, I think this is a great introduction to the universe and would just highly recommend it for anybody who enjoys some, I would call it light fantasy. You know, it's it's not a it's not too hardcore. You yeah. know, you don't have to worry about too much lore. You're gonna get some some countries thrown at you, but you don't really have to worry about it if you're not gonna continue on with the series. Um I know you guys don't give like recommendations or whatever, but you know, I would highly recommend this one to most everyone, right? I gave it to my dad. He loved it. He gave really? it to his he passed it off to his buddy who enjoyed it and they all read the series. And now my dad is reading other stuff that Sapowski wrote. He has like a series about the crusades or something that even though I talk to my dad pretty frequently, he tells me about it every single time I talk to him. <laughs> dad, I know, I know it sounds good. I'll read it maybe yeah. in 2050 or whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> when I finally have time, I will finally read it. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. Um, Overall, I really, I did enjoy it. And I, I wasn't, well, I also hadn't previously been told repetitively to read this book, but I am glad that we read it and I will likely read the second one, especially because you just said it is stories and it's not going mm-hmm. into more of the actual arc and the, and the full, full stories going on. Cause yep. I, I don't, I don't know that I have the energy or the time to invest into a whole nother world, but I, I did. Mm-hmm. It was very enjoyable. Yeah, I also enjoyed it. And um, I will probably, when I have the time, most certainly pick up the second uh, version mm-hmm. of stories. And yeah. and it's so funny that you say that, though, because for me, it's like, I want to read the second group of stories so I can get onto the narrative yeah. story. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. move on to the narrative um, novels. But uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad I finally read it. Thank you for, you know, uh, joining us on this. And uh, being our being, you know, a person who will tell us to read things that we normally wouldn't read. And yeah, you know, I, yeah. I I like to say that I don't make bad recommendations, right? You had said earlier that it's like, oh, I need some shows to watch. What do you got for me? And it's like, I'm not just going to give you a list of what I've seen. It's like, what am I going to recommend to you specifically to right. Sarah? To and you. I feel I feel pretty confident about my hit rate for the most part. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe Barb and Sargo to Vista Del Mar hasn't been a big hit for as many people as I would have hoped. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. Yeah, but some I gotta people learn. you just like different things. It's not. It's okay to. It's okay to enjoy different things. But yeah. um, uh, all right. So let's hop on over to our epilogue then. Yes. Um. The epilogue. Our epilogue today is just going to be uh, me begging for listeners as usual. Um, I do, I do right? have one thing. I do have one thing I want to share. What? I do. Because, well, Katie said she didn't see the show yet. And Tim, I know you have. Yes. But I just wanted to give a very brief snippet. And I will probably actually replace our theme music for this episode with a little snippet of this with Garrett's I, with Darren, I, I want song I want to share a little bit of toss a coin to your witcher yep um which is a song that Dandelion <laughs> writes for Geralt um, <laughs> but it actually is a legit banger so I went 30 seconds in where I think fair use on most uh licensed audio is about 30 seconds so 
we'll just hear just a little brief snippet of this because um, it it rules so hard. I do like it. Go for it. With masterful deceit, broke down my loot and they kicked in my teeth. While the devil's horns minced our tender meat, and so cried the witcher, he can't be bleed. I would love to know if the guy who plays Dandelion, and obviously I know that's not his name now, but I'm just going to continue to call him that, if he's actually singing that song. He does, yeah. His name is Danny Bates, I believe. And you can like look up, I think he has music on Spotify. But yeah, that that song will be stuck in my head for probably the next week or so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like hearing the whole thing, I mean, and Katie, of course, if you can find yourself a Netflix login, I do highly recommend checking out the show. Um, but that, that song in particular, man, I, I, I think it might've even charted on the billboard charts when it yeah, came that's out. That's funny. That's funny. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt because, it. Because like you heard a little bit of the chorus, but he just like builds on it as they go. And it's got like all this orchestration to it. It's, it's really great. Katie is currently looking up thirst photos of Danny Bates. No, I, <laughs> it literally, like, I'm listening to this, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Well, that's a weird, weird position for a leg to be in." Yeah, yeah. You want to check that out? <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, next everybody, time. next time on our on to be read, we will be talking about Upgrade by Blake Crouch. I'm super excited to listen or read that because I have read his other books and they are phenomenal. Um, he's very scientific, um, based like, you know, it's like the science is, is like real, basically a lot, a lot like the Martian and like that kind of thing. Um, and uh, there's always like a central underlying mystery of what's going on. And oh, now we're looking at thirst pictures of Geralt, Henry uh, Henry Cavill. Yes, I'm, um, a, I'm a cis man, but goddamn, <laughs> um, he's a good looking dude. That I don't chin. love that. Yeah, that butt chin. Yeah, he's got a nice butt chin. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to reading that. Katie, you said you've started it. Um, yeah, I had magical post office happen with that one. So you just said to me, it must have been Thursday or Friday that you said we need to record that soon. And I was like, well, shit, I don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. And I um, have recently been told that I need to pretend like I'm poor and not spend money right now. And I went online to find a used one. And the only one I could find was on this random website that I've never heard of before. And I just, I bought it. It was $8 on whatever website it was. I can't even tell you what it was. And it, I ordered it on Friday and I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck this is going to come from because yeah. it could be coming from freaking who knows where and it could take forever. And I got the email on Friday afternoon that it had shipped from California and it was in my post office box on Monday. And wow. I was like, what in the hell? How did that happen? This book and literally USPS, like regular <laughs> post office. Which was this book legitimately awesome. just came out as well. So yeah, for you to have found us a, a used, used copy is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, may, I, may I ask why you guys are reading this one? Um, I picked it just because I like Blake Crouch's books and um, I uh, wanted to read his new one and why not throw it on the podcast because Katie has never read a Blake Crouch book. So I only ask because as I edit your podcast, you know, sometimes most of the books I'm not interested in whatsoever. Um, but Hyde, I was like, oh, that one sounds kind of interesting. And I'm yeah. looking at this one too, just like doing some very quick Googling. 
if you this seems to be the kind of book that's up my alley i'm not by no means am i saying that i should be on the episode but like i might attempt to try to maybe read this before you guys record it well if you've never read a blake crouch book i i highly recommend um them uh he's written uh dark matter and um recursion both are fantastic and so I'm very much looking forward to reading Upgrade. Hopefully it'll be hmm. um, up the same, up with the same, you know, kind of uh, idea. It's um, tech, is it like science-based? Yes. Sci-fi. Yes. It's all, it's all science-based. Yes. Interesting. It's great. You, I, this is a separate conversation. If you guys, oh, Wayward Pines. That's where I know that name from. Okay. Because <laughs> I watched that first season of Wayward Pines and it wasn't very good, but I knew that Blake Crouch sounded very familiar to me. Oh, does he write for that? That was, it's based on his books. Oh, oh, it, okay. I did not know it's that. It's on it's on Hulu if you want to watch it. It was gotcha. okay. It was okay. okay. Well, I won't um, if it's just okay, I won't even worry about it. Um, but yes, uh rate re- review and subscribe. You can find us on Apple and on Spotify, uh, Instagram and TikTok. TikTok, but I haven't made a TikTok in a while. <laughs> but everything is at to be read pod at T W O B E R E A D P O D, right? Did I say all that to right? Bread. Yep. Two bread, two bread pod. <laughs> two bread pod. Um, and uh, please, please, please join us next time. When we make your two bread pod. Oh. <laughs> be read by one book shorter. Yay. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, Thank Chris. you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you, guys. To Be Read is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willie. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turo. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Maffa. Toss a coin to your witcher, whole valley of plenty. At the edge of the world, fight the mighty horn that bashes and breaks you and brings you to more.